Hello, all our dear friends. We welcome you to the Sunday Morning Roundtable discussion. We are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. And thank you so much for joining us. Our subject today is reality. And we will start with our morning prayer. I'm reading from page 330 of Science and Health. And, all, and, and a small excerpt from 331, also science and health. God is what the scriptures declare him to be, life, truth, love. Spirit is divine principle, and divine principle is love, and love is mind, and mind is not both good and bad, for God is mind. Therefore, there is in reality one mind only, because there is one God. The scriptures imply that God is all in all. From this it follows that nothing possesses reality nor existence except the divine mind and his ideas. Mary Baker Eddy. Thank you very much. Now watching point. Watch number 300. Watch when you lose your peace, lest you assume that it is always air or animal magnetism that takes it away from you. If there was an epidemic and you congratulated yourself because you felt that you as a Christian scientist were immune to it, you might have to be touched by it in order to break up your self-complacence and bring you to the point of unselfishness in which you would do what you know how to do and should be doing, namely, working for poor humanity who are helpless victims of the air and who know not how to obtain their freedom. When students lose their peace or feel ill, it is well for them to ask themselves whether God is not demanding something of them that they should be doing. Perhaps it is time for them to rouse themselves into doing work for God's children. If they take up that cross faithfully, they will find that their sweet peace will return. The correct effect of the loss of peace or harmony on the advanced student is to drive him to do that which he should have done, but has not done. If he has not been working as he should to help the world, he should at once fulfill this obligation, not so much because he wants his peace restored, but because he longs to do that which the Father demands of him. End quote. Thank you, dear Carpenter. Yeah. All right, comments on that? <laughs> well, ever since I've come to this church, uh, um, it's been impressed upon me <clears throat> that that working for mankind is so important. And I just never, I guess I just never got that message or it was never impressed upon me uh, until coming here. But um, I, I, I just, it's just so much more important in my life now to know that this is a universal science. And so every truth that I know I have to know that it's universally true for all mankind and not just keep it to myself or not. 
So it's been a big change in my experience as being a Christian scientist. Thank you very much. That means a lot. It certainly Go ahead. Go ahead. On page 454, it says that love for God and man is a true incentive in both healing and teaching. I think that alone tells us, and in many articles we read, we also read that this work is for the whole of mankind, Mm -hmm. and that's what we're doing, never doing it just for ourselves. When we do that, we gain our peace as well. And so... It's just to be uppermost in our thought that it's working for God and man, man everywhere. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, and really. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) We're muting a lot of people, so. Come in. (laughs) Sounds like a doorbell. Sounds like a doorbell. Really. Uh, if you're not working for all mankind, you're really not practicing Christian science, are you? Because if you're trying to, to will healing, that's really faith healing. It's not Christian science. And, and I'm afraid that what a lot of people in the Christian churches, including the Christian science organization, experience is faith healing when they experience healing. Good grief. All right. Okay. <laughs> Somebody didn't want to hear that. <laughs> if anybody who's not muted feels they're going to have noise, just let Sharon know and she'll mute you. If you don't mute yourself. I remember we were taught here a long time ago that um, to work for mankind and are you part of mankind? Mm-hmm. So if you're working for mankind, you're including yourself in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's not exclusive. Thank you. It's not excluding anyone else. Yes. And if just working for yourself was a good thing, we wouldn't have needed to come here. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm for the peace that Frank brings. Yes. Mrs. Evans would tell us the story of the healing she had of um, flu. And she had Nana Ritchie, which is a wonderful old-time practitioner helping her. And she she wasn't getting anywhere. Uh, she wasn't getting healed. And then finally Mrs. Ritchie asked her, well, have you been praying for everyone else? Or are you only praying for yourself? <laughs> and Mrs. Evans said, well, I was only praying for myself. She said, well, that's why you haven't gotten healed. Now you get busy praying for others <laughs> besides yourself. And Mrs. Evans said she was healed that day. And she would often tell that story. And that it's some a basic teaching here. But I appreciate Karen saying what she did because somehow it seems to be missed. And And I'm sure Karen was probably a lifelong scientist maybe and I don't know what else, but um, it, it, it's a basic premise of Christian science. What uh, Lawrence read from Science and Health, I mean, we don't take these truths in. Someone was telling me today, or no, not this past week, 
because she had had a problem with resentment. And she too, she'd been all this in science for so long and she never realized what she was doing or that it was wrong. She didn't make that connection. You know, you can't just read it and think how wonderful this all is and not apply it to yourself and make the necessary changes within yourself. Just reminds me of that devil's beatitudes at the end. I was end just is. thinking that. I was just thinking, think it's that. not you. That's right. That's right. We're going to have that in the liberator. Um, yeah, if you think it's not you, well, there's something <laughs> that doesn't apply to you. So today, well, this this whole week, I was sent some very wonderful things throughout the week from various, various people. Um, so I'm going to read some of them today, and we're going to start out with it's not we're not going to start out with the reality of things we're going to start out with what we need to work on uh it's a, a call to arms i would say with all that's going on turbulence in our world we have talked about these things before i remember we had a round table once but it was a few years ago it was called the 1910 coup and i'm going to start again with reading from that um it's by myrtle stewart and it was given to me again this week by Nathan in California. Um, the Mary Baker, the MBE Institute, which is an independent uh, group. I think they're based in Florida. He received it from them. And also uh, brainwashing. We're going to read from brainwashing today again, too. We have both of these things. I believe they're on our website, are they? Brainwashing is not. Okay, well, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we'll put brainwashing. We were we were given this years ago again by Mrs. Evans. We all had a copy of brainwashing that the communist manifesto. Sometimes I am so surprised at the ignorance of of Christian scientists on this topic. If you don't know the workings of animal magnetism, if you don't know what's going on, how the heck are you going to pray about it or deal with it? We don't make a reality of it. But as Mrs. Eddy says, we acknowledge your claims and then we denounce your power. But it, you've got to at least know it. Otherwise, you're drifting off into what I call this kumbaya thing. Everything's wonderful. God is love and we're all great. Well, hello. <laughs> hello. So that's not it. That's not handling it. And it's not to be afraid of it or get yourself into a turmoil over it. But it is to see what's happening and then to do the, the work to, to defang it, I call it. I call it defanging it so it has no power. And you work on it till you get your peace and you know that God is the only power, as Florence read in her prayer this morning from Science and Health. And this is simple. I mean, this is getting back to the basics the three steps of handling animal magnetism. Yeah. Can anybody remember what those three steps are? Yes. Yeah, see what it's trying to do, know that it can't do it, and make sure that it doesn't do it. Yes. The first step is to see what error is trying to do. If you're unwilling to see what error is trying to do, well, then you've failed the test. <laughs> All right, I'll start now. This is the um, preface of the 1910 coup by Myrtle Stewart. Mrs. Eddy was deeply saddened by the necessity of providing a manual of rules for her students 
after having given science and health to the whole world. She later realized how crucially important her manual would become after she disappeared from mortal sight, where she wrote, quote, notwithstanding the sacrilegious moth of time, eternity awaits our church manual, which will stand when ministries aggressive and active have passed to rest. And that's in miscellany. Miscellany. <laughs> Mrs. Eddy realized also that the directors of her mother church were conspiring to break her manual, for they importuned her to rescind its bylaws, the estoppels, stoppers. This was because the estoppels require that the organization, not any churches, dissolve at her de decease, and the directors would feel that they had been demoted. She always replied to their plea by saying God dictated her manual and that it was spiritually inspired equally with science and health, and therefore she could not rescind it. Until the publication of this document, the members of the Mother Church and many other Christian scientists were unaware that the current manual is a fake. It is not Mrs. Eddy's. The writer saw that the 1910 coup had been inflicting the biblically promised plagues upon the whole world ever since the coup occurred. She saw that these plagues are cited in the Bible in its closing verses in Reve Revelation 22, and that the penalties would continue to escalate under the regime of the hoax manual, which the directors had fabricated in secret while Mrs. Eddy was still here, and which they sold as hers within three weeks after her funeral. The reason the world's plagues would continue to increase is chillingly, chillingly simple. It is because the director's spurious manual not only conceals the great leader's divine guidance for the whole world, but it flies in the face of those Bible verses which tell of the inexorable plagues that would result from adding to and taking from the words of the sacred scripture. We had that in a Bible study a while ago, quote from the Bible, not to take from or add to the scriptures. To thus associate Mrs. Eddy's church manual with the Bible evokes a quick rem remonstrance from other churchgoers however charitable they may feel toward religions other than their own. But Christian science is showing the world that Christian science is God's word and is therefore sacred scripture. It is only recently that large numbers of the defrauded members of the Mother Church have begun to realize that they have been helping the usurper directors and their fake manual to impinge increasing painful crisis upon all humanity instead of bestowing peace and healing which true Christian science brings. Now just think about it. If the manual had not been tampered with, if it had, if it had remained intact. And obeyed. And obeyed with the decrease of organization it would have meant the increase of, of churches and also 
all of this, the repression of all these wonderful books that are helpful in our understanding of science by the early workers who knew and were taught by Mrs. Eddy. There is a truism that, quote, world conditions are the reflection of the highest world religion, end quote. That was another thing we were taught here. That's why we have such a sacred trust in Christian science, because we know it is the highest world religion, is it not? Yes. It is. It is. The religions of the world, however, are fragmented and are personally specialized. In this light, Christian science should not be called religion, but science, because it is not fragmentary. It reveals and teaches the ultimate of God good in the pure science of being. While Mrs. Eddy was here, the world recognized that the Christian scientists possessed the highest understanding and proof of God that was ever manifested on earth since the acts of Jesus Christ and the apostles. Then, quote, Satan came, Satan also came, end quote, in the form of the 1910 coup, and the Christian science denomination began its imperceptible at first, plummeting toward becoming the least influential religion on the planet. Worse, the mentally liberated and humanly ambitious directorate became the veritable biblical cause of our biblically promised plagues. <clears throat> Today, despite the several past decades of these inevitable plagues, there is a crescending glad sound heard in the human consciousness. It is caused by at least 35 years of obedience to Mrs. Eddy's church manual by uncounted thousands of independent Christian scientists of whom there are more today than there are members of the organized mother church. These free Christian scientists are participating all year round all over the literate world in a myriad of Christian science seminars, conferences, classes, and study groups. They are happily learning the advanced and exalting discoveries of John Dorley and his students hidden for so long in Science and Health, our textbook. In 1976, the theme of the June annual meeting of the Mother Church was Show Me Shepherd. But the high hopes of the members were dashed when it became evident that the theme meant, O Lord, grant that we may always be right, for thou knowest we will never change our minds. <laughs> Now, a quarter of a century later, that is still the dominant theme of the loyal director supporters, all the while in divine vindication of Mary Baker Eddy, their disobedient organization is rapidly melting out from under them. Now, if anybody, it goes on, I mean, and it's on our website. If anyone could, could disagree with any of that, I can't. I cannot disagree with any of that. It's what's happened. And what, what are we experiencing? Plagues, right? Increasingly so. But the light in the darkness shines. And that's the work of us, of the independents that are doing the work. The remnant 
And this is why for anyone now to slow down or think they don't have to be so ardent in their work, because I've seen it, you know, there's sometimes less forum contributions, there's less watching, there's less watchers, there's less participation in, in the services at times. Sharon spoke of the roundtable at, at the membership meeting, but actually the roundtable does pretty well. But in some of other instances, you can't slow down or think your work isn't needed now. A call to arms. I'm going to end this time together with a beautiful watch message that was written by a Graham Strang from Australia. It was sent to us from one of our newest members from Australia. He passed on last year, but he wrote a beautiful watch on the nameless nothing, which we'll read at the end. And Carol, it should be in this liberator because this liberator is, there's nothing contagion, contagious but good. So, all right. So now we hear what has gone on, why it's gone on, and why we are here facing it to annul it, defang it, and change the course of history. And as we know, it's all unreality, so there's no reason why we can't. It's a mesmeric suggestion, so it's within, within us, with God, God with us to do it, Emmanuel, God with us. So now Gary will read from Brainwashing, a syn synthesis of the Russian textbook on psychopolitics. Psychopolitics. The Art and Science of Asserting and Maintaining Dominion Over the Thoughts and Loyalties of Individuals, Officers, Bureaus, and Masses, and the Effecting of the Conquest of Enemy Nations Through Mental Healing. Now, Wednesday, the beautiful readings by Fairley on the Holy Ghost, it, it says what is the sin of the Holy Ghost, which there's no forgiveness for, is what? It's unforgiven, unforgivable. But what is it? Using your mental powers to be harm others. Yes, the using your mental powers to harm others. So if anybody's feeling like doing that, they better damn well not, because, excuse my French, because it'll come to disaster. All right, it will come and you can know that. This is one of the things we know. A lake of fire and a night without a star. And this is where we stand, so help us God. And that's why we can speak like this, because we know we stand on holy ground. It's God-given power. It's not some opinion. Okay, so Gary. This? Yes, an address by Beria. This is the opening address by Beria, B-E-R-I-A. American students at the Lenin University... I welcome your attendance at these classes on psychopolitics. Psychopolitics is an important, if less known, division of geopolitics. It is less known because it must necessarily deal with highly educated personnel, the very top strata of mental healing. By psychopolitics, our chief goals are effectively carried forward to produce the maximum of chaos in the culture of the enemy is our first most important step. Our fruits are grown in chaos, distrust, economic depression, and scientific turmoil. 
At least a weary populace can seek peace only in our offered communist state. At last, only communism can resolve the problems of the masses. A psychopolitician must work hard to produce the maximum chaos in the fields of, quote, mental healing. He must recruit and use all the agencies and facilities of mental healing. He must labor to increase the personnel and facilities of mental healing. Until at last, the entire field of mental science is entirely dominated by communist principles and desires. To achieve these goals, the psychopolitician must crush every homegrown variety of mental healing in America. Actual teachings of James, Eddie, and Pentecostal Bible faith healers amongst your misguided people must be swept aside. They must be discredited, damned, arrested, stamped upon even by their own government until there is no credit in them and only communist-oriented healing remains. You must work until every teacher of psychology, unknowingly or knowingly, teaches only communist doctrine under the guise of psychology. You must labor until every doctor and psychiatrist is either a psychopolitician or an unwitting assistant to your aims. You must labor until we have dominion over the minds and bodies of every important person in your nation. You must achieve such disrepute for the state of insanity and such authority over its pronouncement that not one statesman so labeled could again be given credence by his people. You must work until suicide arising from mental imbalance is common and calls forth no general investigation or remark. With the institutions for the insane, you have in your country prisons which can hold a million persons and can hold them without civil rights or any hope of freedom. And upon these people can be practiced shock and surgery so that never again will they draw a sane breath. You must, take, you must make these treatments common and accepted. And you must sweep aside any treatment or any group of persons seeking to treat by effective means. You must dominate as respected men the fields of psychiatry and psychology. You must dominate the hospitals and universities. You must carry forward the myth that only a European doctor is competent in the field of insanity and thus excuse amongst you the high incidence of foreign birth and training. If and when we seize Vienna, you shall have then a common ground of meeting and can come and take your instructions as worshipers of Freud, along with other psychiatrists. <clears throat> Freud was from Vienna, by the way. Psychopolitics is a solemn charge. With it, you can erase our enemies as insects. You can cripple the efficiency of leaders by striking insanity into their families through the use of drugs. You can wipe them away with testimony as to their insanity. 
by our technologies, you can even bring about insanity in self when they seem to rest resistive. You can change their loyalties by psychopolitics. Given a short time with a psychopolitician, you can alter forever the loyalty of a soldier in our hands, or a statesman, or a leader in his own country. Or you can destroy his mind. However you labor under certain, however you labor under certain dangers, it may happen that remedies for our treatments may be discovered. It may occur that a public hue and cry may arise against, quote, mental healing. It may thus occur that all mental healing might be placed in the hands of ministers and be taken out of the hands of our psychologists and psychiatrists. But the capitalistic thirst for control, capitalistic inhumanity, and a general terror of insanity can be brought to guard against these things. But should they occur, should independent researchers actually discover means to undo psychopolitical procedures, you must not rest. You must not eat or sleep. You must not stint one tiniest bit of available money to campaign against it. Discredit it. Strike it down and render it void. For by, any, for by an effective means, all our actions and researches could be undone. In a capitalistic state, you are aided on all sides by the corruption of the philosophy of man and the times. You will discover that everything will aid you in your campaign to seize, control, and use all mental healing to spread our doctrine and rid us of our enemies within their own borders. Use the courts. Use the judges. Use the constitution of the country. Use its medical supplies and its laws to further our ends. Do not stint in your labor in this direction. And when you have succeeded, you will discover that you can now effect your own legislation at will. And you can, by careful organization of healing societies, by constant campaign about the terrors of society, by pretense as to your effectiveness, make your capitalist himself, by his own appropriations, finance a large portion of the quiet communist conquest of the nation. By psychopolitics, create chaos. Leave a nation leaderless. Kill our enemies. And bring to earth, through communism, the greatest peace man has ever known. Wow, right? Yeah. And let it, if that, is that not happening? We see it in front of us. Well, give, let this give you clarity of thought as to what is happening. And you see, it is afraid. It is afraid that there's a remedy. And, and they, well, capitalism, now that, that they're saying capitalists who are greedy, <laughs> the greedy capitalists, and all they want is money, yes, they can be used as pawn, pawn <laughs> schemers, which is what happens. But they, 
But notice what they've done. They've redefined capitalism to, to associate it with greed right. and something bad. Right. And their mental healing is manipulation. That's all not, not uh, right. restoration to God's. So is it any wonder that they've, 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 uh, they've uh, pointed out Christian science as a target? You notice they mentioned Eddie. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. so, um, because why? Because we we if you can't be mesmerized, that was one of the things. A true working Christian scientist cannot be mesmerized. If you are not a true working Christian Christian scientist, you are the most easily mesmerized. We were taught that too, because you you know you believe that there's a power in, in mind or something, and you just go off in this dreamy state, and you can easily be mesmerized. So this is why this is why we have these roundtables and Bible studies to keep everybody awake and working and clear-minded to see what needs to be done, and it can totally be defeated because it's it's godless. It is totally godless. Yeah. It is, it is godless. Go ahead. No, I said all power belongs to God. Yes, that's it. Therefore, and that's why we have a subject. A lesson on reality. Yes, <laughs> which we will now go into because we will, we just bring this out to keep everybody working and alert and see what is working. And, um, you know, the, this, the 1910 coup that was going on, this was going on at, at Chestnut Hill with some of Mrs. Eddy's most trusted workers um, because they saw her humanly, they humanized her, and they couldn't believe the estoppel clauses that she actually meant them. So she was making a loving mistake. And this is a danger of the human mind. It always errs. It always does the wrong thing. And this is why we feed ourselves to stay out of it, because <laughs> we don't want to go there. Miss Sally does say to feel the danger. She does. Feel, and she does say to feel the danger. But you have to see what's happening. Otherwise, people are so confused. Well, what's going on? Why is this happening? You know, what's happening? This explains it very clearly. And and so we can yeah. see, see it clearly. Go ahead. Thank you so much for bringing this writing. That's just wonderful. And, of course, we can all see that's what is going on right now even more. Thank you so much. This made me think about uh, one of my, or probably my most loved quote from Mary Baker Eddy. It's very particular to all what you've been talking about. I just say it. Yeah. It says, Beloved children, the woman has need of you. And not as children, but as men and women. It needs your innocence and selfishness. Faithful affection, all contaminated lives. You need also to watch and pray that you preserve these virtues honesty and do not lose them through contact with the world. What grander ambition is there than to maintain in yourself what Jesus loved and to know that your example, more than words, makes morals for mankind. And this is what we need so this world to do right now and always and forever. And I'm just so grateful about this quote. Miscellaneous <laughs> writings, uh, page 110. 
if anyone wants to go there, it's, it's right there. Thank you. Sure. And also about what we were talking before, um, not changing the scripture, not doing that. That's that's all great. I totally agree. We have to be so careful to um, adapt any of the sacred writings, whatever they came from, that were from divine mind truly. And but and also, science and health has this amazing line to me uh, that says, advance from the rudiments laid down. So Mary Baker made it very clear, do not make an idol of me or my books or my writings. You have to advance from the rudiments laid down. Yeah, it says in science and health. And that's been a really wonderful prayer for me to know that I need to listen to divine mind and not make idols. And it's been a blessing. I just shared in the blessing. Thank you so much for all the good That's beautiful, Ingrid. I do thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Because our advancing spiritually is the only real advance, isn't it? And it is the hope of the world. It is the only answer to all this nonsense, this unreality that is posing, trying to pose as reality. And we, and we have the answer. And it's up to us to use it. Anyone else? It just came to me, Mrs. Eddie, start science and health. The time for thinkers has come. Yes. And this is why she knew. And she was telling us, don't believe what you hear. Go to God, get your answers. Thank you. Yeah, you can't be fooled or tricked. You'll know. You see, you'll see through the, the arrow and see the truth. And right where the area seems to be is the truth, because that's all there is, right? There's nothing but the truth. Right. All this is seen through a glass darkly, but you can't just ignore it and jump over to the God is love, everything is great. Right now, there would appear to be many suffering. And um, so we, we have a great, a sacred honor and duty in this work. And we needn't be afraid to use our science to defeat anything that would try to impose itself into our being. Absolutely. Right. And remember, the devil's not going to come to you with with a, a frown. He's going to come to you with a smile. Thank you. And a lot of promises. Yeah. So that is what we need to be aware of. Because and wary of. A lot of this has made advancements because, I mean, Linda said it, it's a terminology. They use it. They make it sound really great, really good, you know. The kumbaya, even at the end, the peace through communism. Well, which we know is not peace. Yeah, we've seen thousands of people murdered. Millions. Millions, yes, yes. So somehow getting to peace through chaos. Yeah. <laughs> through discord and dismay. Yes. So the peace from God alone. That's it. Peace from God alone. That's what I'm. That's absolutely, and that's why. Because the communists take away God and liberty. That's what the Bible talks about peace, peace, where there's no peace. That's right. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. 
All right, Lil, the golden text. Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God, Christ Jesus. Thank you. Um, Carrie had sent me some beautiful things one, once about one on believing, then understanding from a 1903 issue of the journal. And it talks about the importance first of believing. And in the healings in the, this week's lesson, the believing was most important, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. You had to trust, you had to trust, they trusted Christ Jesus. And even in the, um, in this, in the story, in the responsive reading about Elisha and a servant not seeing the angels surrounding them, he said, I, I pray thee open his eyes that he may see. And this is what we need, this ability to see. And this is what a large part of this lesson is about, the ability to see the reality that exists and to believe that it does exist, that it is there. Um, I used to kind of mix up believing with belief. Belief is kind of different than believing. Believing is that trust in God. And in the glossary, Mrs. Eddy gives the definition. It was one we were to memorize. The first part, firmness and constancy, not a faltering nor a blind faith, but the perception of spiritual truth. And then mortal thoughts and illusions. But that first, and that of believing was required in the healing. And then, this, as this article brings out, after the believing comes the understanding. So, it's very important. And you can ask yourself, if you don't have that faith and trust in God, then and really work on getting it. And certainly the world would try to take it from you and poo-poo it. Well, in the other healing of the son that was dying, the, the, the father, he said, you, you don't believe. And um, it came to me that uh, that was the basic problem, the error. And I think that's what Jesus healed. It, the fact that he didn't believe it, I said it wasn't really his thinking, and, and, and I think Jesus just freed him from that so that his child could be healed. Yes. It's, it's, God never thinks that way, and so we, we don't think that way. So. So Thank you. If we recognize that uh, you know, it's our natural right to, to believe that we won't get into these periods of doubt, and we'll just keep working until we clear our heads. Thank you. But, and you see all that we do, all that we read, when you come Wednesdays, all of you giving these beautiful testimonies week after week that affirms our trust in God, our believing in God. And it, it just wipes out this error that's saying, well, God doesn't heal and Christian science doesn't heal or whatever else is being broadcast. It's a damnable lie. And by putting this forth, we are disproving that, those lies. And, and that's why we must be strong warriors in this fight, called to arms, most definitely. Um, and then, um, this was something very beautiful that Carrie found. 
about the responsive reading. I'm going to read. She found some beautiful things about Mrs. Eddy. Um, so, in digging into the higher meaning of the responsive reading citation from Romans, for herein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, the following is provided some precious from some precious memories of Mary Baker Eddy by Calvin Hill from the original We Knew Mary Baker Eddy series. This explains for me what occurred when Elisha prayed that his eyes of his servants be opened, that he may see. Elisha's great faith raised up the lesser faith of his servant. It happened then. It happened continually with Mrs. Eddy and her students. And it happens today. Quote, the insight into Mrs. Eddy's problems as founder and leader of the Christian science movement and her way of sol solving these problems, as it was shown to me in her explanation of signs of the heart, touched me deeply. As she continued talking of the ever-present love, my thought was lifted in, into the upper chamber of spirit's reality and allness through the door of spiritual illumination, understanding, end quote. And then, quote again, as I left Pleasant View to return to the depot after this memorable and uplifting experience, I felt as if I were walking on air. Nothing seemed real except the truth which Mrs. Eddy had affirmed and which was inscribed on the disk of my consciousness. People were passing in different directions, both on foot and in carriages, but I was scarcely aware of them. They seemed to be moving in a mist. I boarded the train for Boston, and as I rode along, my thought was completely occupied with the great illumination of the reality of spirit and the nothingness of matter. I felt that I had been lifted to the Mount of Transfiguration. For a number of days, all I could think of, all I could hear, was what Mrs. Eddy had said to me in answer to my question, and the spiritual light which I received during that interview remained with me in all its glory. That time I was a different man. Hence, I feel warranted in saying that I experienced a measure of spiritual new birth on that wonderful day. However, later had to learn that being lifted up by another, even by our leader, is not working out one's own salvation, which is to say, that there is no vicarious atonement. And I saw that I had to work my own way up the hill of science, that I had to prove in my own experience the truth she affirmed to me. I had to work it out in demonstration. So that's so true. And that's such a beautiful description of what happens. And this is how we heal and this is how we heal all this ugly picture that we seem to see by seeing through it and knowing it's total unreality because of its godlessness total godlessness so any comments on that all right linda would you want to comment on what you i'm oh, sorry would you want to say something uh, I don't have a comment on the last writing, but what we were talking before about faith, um, just the wonderful Bible quote about faith, is being sure of what we hope for 
uncertain of what we do not see. I always say of what we not see yet. And, and, and related to all the talk today, this is the one thing that I've seen most that error would like to do is to take our faith away. Once that it takes that, it's so much easier to take everything else. And, um, you know, we must be very aware of this. Anytime I myself or see someone or hear someone that is saying, oh, I don't need to pray, I'm praying too much, we don't need to study so much, all that is already chipping away our faith. And it's one of the most important things I I try to be as aware of that or or triple A, like we said, I awake a little and aware that error is not taking and chipping my faith away. And I think that's a watch that we really need to have always. And it's a blessing to know that I'm very grateful and thank you for all of this goodness. That's beautiful, Ingrid. Thank you. That's just how it works. It gets so your fire grows low and you don't feel the importance of what we're doing or you're so distracted with what's going on or you, yeah, your faith wavers. You feel, oh, well, how can this be true? Look at all the problems in the world. That's a big thing we all hear. How could God be real if all these things are going on? Well, it's a lack of God, not God. (laughs) And I love what you said. Um, sure of what we hope for and certain of what we cannot see. It's beautiful. Yes. yes. And uh, that that story, uh, I don't know if we have time, but for whoever knows it, or the barber, you know, that person that was saying barbers do not exist because there are people that, you know, their hair is all bad or have no haircut or whatever. So that proves that barbers do not exist. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what we need to work with. You know, God exists, uh, even if we see, you know, like that, because we'll be saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Okay, Linda. Uh, I just wrote about rebellion because of the quote, there's a lot on blinded and seeing in the lesson. And I felt like that last week we were told to not tolerate rebellion. And that's really resisting authority and i thought sometimes when we don't trust what we're reading in science and health we're resisting that's rebellion in some sense and it talks about the blinded and that this sin was like witchcraft it said is in the bible but it made me think about uh, mrs eddie because she's the revelator and she brought the message and then i can see why we had to love her more because if you get upset or you don't believe what you're reading uh, then you're almost shooting the messenger and uh, if you love her more, then you have more respect for what this is from God, and it's speaking to you. And I can see how, if you're not paying attention, you would change the manual and do all that. And mm-hmm. Because you didn't love her, you saw, like you said, humanize her as a person. And so that really struck me how you have to really go after that rebellion or unbelief. Yes, yes. Somewhere a long time ago, I read that, you know, cancer or rebellion, rebellious cells <laughs> cells that aren't doing what they should um, rebellion is something it, yeah it is said it's witchcraft in the Bible so we, we watch over that we can be rebellious of error we don't want any of that but but not of God not of God resist God's authority that's what it says you're resisting authority well by changing the manual they were resisting authority and that's really dangerous <laughs> thank you 
this was something else that um, she, Carrie sent. It's very beautiful about Mrs. Eddy. It's called The Lesson of the Grass. And um, it says, someone once said to me, no one, and no, someone once said to me, Mrs. Eddy, no one but a fool or a woman would have written Science and Health. And Mrs. Eddy said, he was right. Either a fool who did not know the consequences of writing that book, or a woman who would have the humility enough to go down and survive the persecution. A man would have been more apt to resist, and to resist would have been fatal. I had to learn the lesson of the grass. When the wind blew, I bowed before it. And when mortal mind put its heel upon me, I went down and down in humility and waited and waited until it took its heel off. And then I rose up. <laughs> Dear Mrs. Eddy. All right, we're going to end now. This is a watch called Arms written by this practitioner from Australia, Graham. Graham Strang from Australia. And uh, Imogene sent it to us. Call to Arms. In 1905, on the 13th of June, our leader called all her members to pray each day for the amicable settlement of the war between Russia. <laughs> on the 27th of June, she requested us to cease our special prayer and explained her insights in God's blessing. And this is in page missing, page 281. Today we have an even greater demand that our leader has made. Miscellaneous Writings 177. The hour is come. The great battle of Armageddon is upon us. The powers of evil are leagued together in secret conspiracy against our Lord and against his Christ, as expressed in Christian science. Will you give yourselves wholly and irrevocably to the salvation of the world from sin, disease, and death? Answer at once and practically, and answer aright, end quote. Our duty to mankind is right now and immediately to pray daily for the destruction of this pandemic and its agencies in social media and their miasma in promoting this error. We must deny it, rebuke it, and affirm God as all in all, letting this baseless evil fall. In Christian Science versus Pantheism, pages 5 and 6, Mrs. Eddy has shown us how we must do this, and just as D Jesus did it, cast it down as a lie, and we must continue our work until it falls. Put our heel with our full weight of prayer and rebuke upon this lie and liar until it is cast out into its own oblivion. In miscellaneous writings, page 22, our leader writes the following, quote, Christian science translated mind God to mortals. It is the infinite calculus defining the line, plane, space, and fourth dimension of spirit. It absolutely refutes the amalgamation, transmigration, absorption, or annihilation of individuality. It shows the impossibility of transmitting human ills or evil 
from one individual to another. That all true thoughts revolve in God's orbits. They come from God and return to him. And untruths belong not to his creation. Therefore, they are null and void. It hath no peer, no competitor, for it dwelleth in him beside whom there is none other. End quote. Science and Health, page 340. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. End quote. It's an end to the nameless nothing. <laughs> so... Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.